Hello and welcome to Living Abroadcast, the podcast about where people are from, how they got here, and what they're doing now. I'm Eric. I'm Mikey. And welcome back to another week of the show, listeners. Um, We've got another great episode for you this week, and I apologize for the hiatus we've been on uh, for the past few. I fucked up uploading an episode which kind of postponed things about a week. Um, So you guys had to hear our awesome guests, Tristan and Kaho, a week later than you were supposed to. My sincerest apologies for that. But um, we've got another awesome episode for you this week. Um, I think Mikey and I have been up to a few little adventures. Um, At least I have. What about you, Mikey? (laughs) No. (laughs) Nothing? Oh, you know. Business as usual? Business as usual these days. What have you been up to? How's your disc golf game? Improving. Improving. So there's that. Um, Yeah, playing more courses, spending more money on discs, losing more discs. I was like, I went to buy more discs today and like, I've got an account at the disc golf store. Oh, shit. And um, he's like, do you have an account with us? I'm like, yeah, because you get like a little 10, 10% discount. Gave him my name and he goes, oh, looks, oh, you've been in, you've been in quite a bit recently. I'm like, yeah, I've got to keep replacing all the discs I lose. Uh, so that's pretty much about it. When How I, do you keep losing these discs? Do they go in the water or like lost oh, in a tree or does a co- dog jump onto the course and well, bite them and the, run off with them? You're in the forest in tall grass. It's yeah. easy to lose okay. them and stuff and leave them behind and just forget about them. And then I went up to a lake, Cat Lake. The other day I got super burnt. You can't really see it, especially for the listeners. That's going to be very hard for them to see. I mean, I'm sitting across the table from you and you don't look that burnt. So I don't know. But I got a flat tire when we arrived going along a gravel road and uh, um, uh, a a gentleman, I uh, luckily had an air compressor. So we're able to pump the tire up, but it was a little bit of a sketchy drive back. I was was pretty nervous, but besides that, not not much, man. Your tire held out? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. You've been out and about? I've been out and about. I've um, been taking advantage of phase three, I guess you'd say. BC, we're now allowed Spreading essential all over the province. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I've been taking advantage of, you know, non-essential travel being allowed. Sure. Uh, under Dr. Bonnie Henry's, you know, restrictions and the advising from the... Uh, Provincial Health Authority or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I had a little home trip to Kelowna. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be too controversial to anybody. I was far and away from anybody engaging in any of that stupid activity that happened in my hometown. And was I around all Ca- of it. Was around Canada. Yeah, Day, wasn't I know it? I was in Kelowna. During a lot of things line up. The timing of all of this. Um, some might say I brought Corona to Kelowna, but. Brought Corona to Kelowna. No, I did not. Don't say that. Don't don't give anything that's going to get nah. you into into trouble. And then you hopped on a ferry packed full of people. No, we stayed in the and car and um, watched oh, Survivor. Did yeah. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Downloaded some <laughs> episodes. That's so funny. Yeah, we went to Victoria. Sabine and I, who's uh, she's not joining us tonight, but she is sitting on the couch next to us. Yeah. Um, We're in opposite seats, by the way. I've never sat here during a podcast. No, it's kind of neat. It's way better because you get to see the mountains. Yeah. This looking this it's way. It's a it's a way looser format. Why do you think James was so inspired when he uh, used to do the show with us? He, yeah. he would always talk about these mountains, paint the picture, all that good stuff. you guys can actually see them. Yeah. Um, James, if you still listen to the show, by the way, write us in. We miss you. Yeah. But um, 
anyways, speaking of Mikey, James, and I, we won't do too much of a too much of a lead in this week because I'm way too excited about the guests joining us um, this week. We have known each other. Okay, so we said Alexis when she joined us um, during the winter that collectively we knew her best. I think that the guest this week might usurp that spot. I think we know her well, but she's also kind of mysterious. She is an elusive figure. Um, not not to pump her tires too much before introducing her, but we've we've got our good friend Gina joining us tonight. Hi, Gina. Hi. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Long oh, time you're very welcome. listener. I've yeah, heard. Long time listener. I've been number one fan since day one. Yeah. You said you earlier, just before we hopped on, you said that you used the podcast to fall asleep too, which is mm-hmm. a ringing endorsement. Yeah. So, well, also to laugh and like feel like I was hanging out with you guys while I was traveling. But yeah, I would honestly listen quite often, not to full episodes. Um, but yeah, I would often lull myself into a really deep sleep. Not to full and wake episodes. Up to you guys still talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I mean, they're that long, hey? They can be <laughs> or, long. But to you, be fair, I fall asleep. Like if I'm on a bus and I'm listening to a fo- podcast, I'll always fall asleep. Okay. Fair enough. So it's nothing against you guys. It's right. honestly a compliment because your voices are soothing and I know you well and I feel comfortable enough to fall asleep in your presence. That's very well, fair. As a tribute to that, maybe we'll make this episode short. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe because well, so this is the first time we've all seen each other for... It Quite is. And no, so there's got, been we got a, we got some catching up to do. There's been a bit of a reunion air. happening before this episode, and I've kind of just thrown you guys on this. To uh, we were just chatting in the living room, and then Eric slowly starts to get out the uh, podcast machine, and yeah, Gina yeah. But this has been a long nervous. time coming. So fuck off nervous. with that noise. I just don't like. I don't know. I just don't know what this podcast is. You is know? this your first time on a podcast? It's my first time on a podcast. Very really? cool, and wow. it's actually really hilarious to like be in the room while you guys are doing it because I've listened to it so like the moment Eric hit record and immediately started the introduction <laughs> I was like so taken aback and shocked like starstruck oh that's, that's honestly <laughs> like I'm starstruck right now starstruck. Right? and I feel like this right now this starstruck. podcast being on this podcast it's re- gonna be really good for my street cred and maybe my fame it could yeah. sh- it could shoot you to wait yeah. stardom nobody does this show to try to get famous do they well, I do. I sure I as am. fuck hope not. Not that we know of. Because we always say at the end, do you want to give a shout out to anything? And people are like, nah. Nah. <laughs> really? <laughs> nah. Nadim shouted out his band, I think. Um, yeah, we what had... were they called again? <laughs> <laughs> we, at least we can remember his name this week. We couldn't yeah. remember his name Okay, last let's not week. say that. No. Um, but <laughs> we... Um, Only because it was a long time ago and just a lot of shit has happened. For sure. Um, No, we've had people shout out the occasional thing and we'll have people with stuff to promote eventually. But um, you came to Living a Broadcast looking for fame, Gina. Yeah, also looking for, um, do I say revenge? Revenge. Because as we spoke before, the idea of the podcast came when all three of us oh, no, 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 and no, no, Sabine no, no, no. were oh, on a hike. Okay. This is what I'm bringing this is up. very controversial. All right. It's very not controversial. controversial. So, yeah, uh, the idea came to be when we were all hiking together. James, you were not there. We know you're listening. And... <laughs> 
And yeah, you know, like I was just kind of left out probably because I'm like a woman, like who knows, <laughs> oh, you know, okay. I, I don't have a cool accent. Wow. I, wow. that's just my, was my feelings. And you know what? It's all good because I was leaving anyways. But yeah, so this is my revenge and this is my, I mean, my this revenge is your revenge. Appearance. I think we felt we could tolerate on a podcast called Living Abroad Cast about living abroad. We could tolerate only one Canadian. Okay, on the that makes sense. Yeah. We needed people from other Not that countries. You have to explain should yourself. I have I'm also 100% joking, guys. Like, should I, I never have, was pissed. Should, I, I, should I relinquish <laughs> my hosting spot to Gina? I'd prefer if you didn't. <laughs> okay. It's up to you. I'm, it's far more I'm ready to it's, give up my job to host would, this podcast. Would you take the seat? This uh, job pays yeah. exceptionally well. Really? Yeah. Yep. How much? How much are we talking? We got we some just, big sponsors uh, on the brink, kind yeah. of. There's oh, a yeah. lot of, there's a, we're, in, we're in talks with a lot of Hell yeah. big sponsors. We can't say anything, obviously. No, but, it's a little, um, it's a little, uh, little off the record right now. Nope. Nope. Can't uh, have the community <laughs> guessing. Can't even um, to defend my side of the story, okay, Gina was present. It. Gina was present when I guess I first brought up maybe the name of living a broadcast to Mikey. The name we, came before the, the concept. We were hiking in Lynn Valley, the four of us. Mikey was very wildly there, hungover. There is the a hilarious video true. of Gina startling Mikey as he's exiting his apartment. Oh, you know what? This That's is, insane because la- that time, listen to this synchronicity, that time was a reunion. Mm-hmm. And that was when living a broadcast was first brought up. And this time... Yeah. I'm on living a broadcast and it's also a reunion for sure. This um, might, this might, th- oh, I guess that didn't impress you that much, but not really. Okay. But Eric I, just hopped on his phone <laughs> yeah, and stopped like, listening no, no. to that. All right. I liked it. So that <laughs> means you. if history was to repeat itself, it means that today would spark another idea for another podcast. Today Definitely. Is the first day of a new chapter in the rest of our lives. I busted out my phone to see if the ultimate synchronicity happened because I know a year of living a broadcast has happened really? now since we published the first episode and I thought it synced up to the day, but it doesn't. Oh, did we just completely blow Oh my God. Honestly, that? it might be like the same day. No, it's not. Okay. Well, I mean, it, this was like in April that we first thought of the concept of the show and then they didn't end up coming out until about July. <laughs> so, mm. wow. Yeah, you're ready. But um, yeah, Gina was present when I said to Mikey, hey, I'm thinking about doing this travel show podcast thingy. Um, when you said to us. Uh, yeah, I was speaking to the group, I suppose. But I said, I want to call it living a broadcast. <laughs> and <laughs> Mikey got really excited. choosing his words very carefully. Yeah. No, I'm not. What words do you want me to choose? I don't want you to choose any words, but the ones that you truly mean. And any words that aren't the truth well no i think i think the reason you directed it more more at me because as soon as you said hey i've got this idea of doing a podcast called living a broadcast i was like that is fucking genius let's do it i was very enthusiastic i I was in like a weird delirious hungover state though wasn't i (laughs) i felt like gina wasn't as enthusiastic and that's why you lost your seat almost straight away well you didn't take us seriously from what i remember yeah yeah no i'm not attacking you 
I'm not attacking you. And I, actually, I want to <laughs> apologize for not extending the olive branch of the invite for you to be more included in the show in its original iteration. But here you are. You know what? It's fine because I know why you didn't extend it because I'm so hard to track down, tie down. I'm a woman of the world. Well, I, I just, it would have been impossible. It would have never worked out. You well, know what I mean? We're going we're gonna to get to that exactly because... Um, I was just being Gina, sarcastic, you're welcome. By the way. You're welcome to co-host the show with us. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. As, as long as you remain in Vancouver. But we're gonna we're gonna kick off this interview because I want to talk to you. Um, I want to I want to philosophize a little bit. Okay. You live your life. Uh, you're the self-proclaimed Bing Bong queen, and this Bing Bong lifestyle that you lead has been kind of a reoccurring theme as long as I've known you. I think we met 2016, 2017. I don't know. But (laughs) 20 years ago. Um, And you've always been like talking about this bing bong lifestyle. And I want you to explain your philosophy of bing bong. Okay. Like this might get a little bit deep and intense because we love it. I think when I first came up with the concept of like the bing bong life and me being the bing bong queen. So you came up with it. I came up with it. Um, It was back when I was in school in Montreal and I had a really tight knit group of friends and I don't know, whenever it, you know, it's the, the term bing bong queen came to be during like parties because Mm -hmm. I would always just be doing random things and, you know, just being spontaneous and, it's, it doesn't really go deeper than that. And like, I kind of embrace the term because my philosophy in life now and at the time was like, just, you know, bing bong. Nothing should be really taken too seriously and just go with the flow. And like, it kind of embodies that whole umbrella. But now, if that makes sense. But now when I think of the term bing bong queen, I really think of it as living your life impulsively, which hasn't always served me well. So you don't like the tag anymore? You've grown out of the you tag. You know, I like the tag, but I'm I'm trying to like I'm trying to like reframe it a little bit. Mm, so okay. yeah, because you know, Bing Bong Queen can be all fun and games, but at the same time, it's like, what really is Bing Bong? Like, what do you think Bing Bong is? So you'd say the old framing <laughs> wow. of the term is living your life impulsively. Right now. At this point in my life, because of some decisions I've made recently, yes. But the origins of the <laughs> bing bong philosophy. The origins of the bing bong philosophy is like, go with the flow. Don't take things too seriously. Everything's hilarious. You know, bing bong, like fucking bing bong. Something, sorry to swear. Something, something insane You swear happens, as much as you need. Bing bong life. You know, like something weird happens, okay. it's bing bong. So the older... But I'm not really too into, like, I'm not too into so, bing bong anymore. So it's an, invo- so it's an evolving philosophy. It's an ever evolving concept philosophy and I definitely coined it when I was really young. I love bing bong. Yeah. I love bing bong. Your listeners and are going to listen to this and they're going to turn it off right five minutes ago. And I'm meaning this very sincerely. I think this is where I came from part of my apology about not including you in this show earlier is that I think bing bong is a concept that transcends Gina. Like, do you, th- do you think you created something potentially bigger than you that people don't 
realize like you could relay this philosophy i mean maybe not the terminology bing bong specifically but you could probably land yourself in just about any hostel in any corner of the world and be like well i kind of just like live myself like bing bong you know it's yeah. just like living life spontaneously impulsively and like i feel like that's a thing that could really tap into a way that people live their lives yeah totally totally but I haven't really, like, I don't have a clear definition of the term. And, like, just because I was just traveling. I don't think it needs and, one. And my Instagram That's name is Bing Bong Queen. Every single person I met was like, what's Bing Bong? And you know what? Like, I, honestly, I'm just being fucking honest. Like, I kind of got annoyed answering that question. Yeah? But, <laughs> yeah. But what was people's reaction when you did answer it? You know, people were like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, sister. That's it. That was the reaction. That was it? Yeah. Did Do you think that you had an effect on anyone? Do you think anyone's like going around talking about their bing bong lifestyle now? Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I like, I think some people okay. do for sure. You do know, you, I def I think my close friends more so like, mm -hmm. yeah, but I don't know. Like when you think bing bong, like, do you think me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean why? tell me why, like, what do you because think? Because you're, well, you're, you're, you're the bing creator. And I would say, you know, would, would you be willing to, uh, you know, you've created this uh, definition of a lifestyle. Would you uh, become, would you become the overarching leader of this lifestyle and get more people in and kind of. I should have known Mikey's going to try to make it a cult. Oh my God. But I, yeah. Hey, great idea. Listen, you know what I mean? So when I coined this term, I had all my bing bongs and we were all planning to like buy a piece of land and live on the land and be the bing Great bong idea. cult. Great idea. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. That's very it. unimpulsive. And you guys are that's in too, my bing bong cult too. Like, I think you're going contrary to the philosophy of the bing bong though. I know. And that's why like I learned last year when I went and worked on a farm, I never want to own a piece of land. The girl took me by the shoulders and looked me in the eye and was like, whatever you do in your life, don't buy land. You'll lose your freedom. So the Bing Bong cult will definitely be a traveling band. Why does it need to be a cult, though? doesn't have to be. Just thought it would be. be fun. Well, cults are fun. In, in, in a matter no of a couple leader. minutes, it's gone from a philosophy <laughs> that you can kind of live your life freely by into an organized cult <laughs> by you two. It, no, I was just, I was, I was asking a question. There was... It, it can be okay. what it what it wants to be. What I it love, wants to I be. love the philosophy. I love that it's got a, a, you know, I love it for what it is. I'm, I don't think I'm, I don't, I, I don't think I'm very bing bong, but that's I okay. I think you are. I, In certain parts of my from, life. That's coming from the queen herself. I, I appreciate that. Listen, I, I really do enjoy mm. that. I, I don't I, think I, 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 I like that. Bing -bong Who's everyone? more bing bong, Eric or me? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Eric. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm just as, I'm just as shocked as he is. Really? Can we I have don't some know reasons. I don't believe. You know him. what? I'm just thinking of like the noise Bing Bong, and like when I think Bing Bong, how I think someone's body moves, and that's what I think Eric is. Okay. <laughs> he's got more um, of a Bing Bong body. He's got more of a Bing bong body. Bing bong body. I take that as a, as a very sincere compliment. Thank you. Um, cool. Yeah, this great. is exactly. That's, I'm really happy we had this conversation. No, really. I think though that <laughs> that Bing bong has a larger life. It does outside have a larger just, life, and I'm sorry. Outside I was of so just negative. you, yeah. and no, no, I don't. I don't mean it as a negative thing. I think that you've uh, you've tapped into something with 
with your bing bong lifestyle. And, um, you know, as, as this podcast, I guess the framework of it is we talk about where people are from. Um, and you mentioned already going to school in Montreal. How did, uh, your bing bong lifestyle lead you from Montreal to this, uh, this little city, Vancouver? Well, it all started with a little company called Land, Sea, Tours, and Adventures. Okay, so this is the first time I'm going to not edit out that name from the show. Sure. And this is because at uh, this sorry, point in time, we've, we have, we've all worked for them separately. We have the utmost well, respect for the company that Gina just said. <laughs> but we all used to work for them. And uh, yeah, there we go. Lancy Tours. Yeah, so that's how it started. Um, well, to be fair, my family's from Vancouver. Born in Calgary, grew up in Montreal. But during university, my first year, I wanted a summer job in the city. So yeah, I just applied online. And then I came to visit my family during spring break. And I just showed up at the office. And I asked for an interview and that's how I got the job as a guide for the following summer. You just walked into the office? Yeah. But the old wow. office was on like I know. <laughs> like a dead I end down, street I walked at down the that very road end wearing of a... all black interview attire. <laughs> so did I. I didn't know where the office was. Like it just said it was on that street and I just kind of parked wherever. So and then funny. I started walking looking for it and then not realizing where exactly it was. Wow. Maybe I didn't have data so on I my guess phone that, or something. That Gina, you started a year before Eric. No, we started the same year. I started just like a couple months before him. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I don't have as much experience as you think. I just and then I came. I, the, I came the season after. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I see. No, I think you came the same season. No. No, I didn't. Okay, but yeah. Anyways, that's what happened. So you knew about Lancy before arriving in Vancouver. I didn't know about it. I just looked online, and I kind of wanted to do that type of job. That's it. That's it. That's all. That was the whole decision-making process. Vancouver tour guide. Tour guide, learn how to drive a bus and not be in Montreal. And yeah. There you go. That's it. And that landed you here. That landed me here. And then you weren't permanently here the first couple summers, right? No, I would come here and then I'd go back to Montreal for school. Yeah. That's like was kind of my school. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't, talk at all the first year we worked together first year well you know what we had that one training session together remember whistler was that the first year no that was the second year i was gonna say we we didn't talk at all the first year we and also with mikey my second year i never spoke to mikey either no the three of us we worked an entire year together and none of us talked i I almost avoided you two to be honest i i i avoided you man like I really did. I thought you were like too cool. That's She's what I thought. At- <laughs> With me? Yeah. yeah. Ah, come on. I was super intimidated to talk to you. Um, Gina and, and Eric, I- it was like the opposite. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I see that. I'm Gina totally and I worked a training shift together. We rode a dune buggy together. Yeah. That's how uh, we got to know each other was on like this uh, four by four. Yeah. This Is that what you'd call off-roading it? The Razor. Razor. Whistler, yeah. Yeah. Don't do them. They're too expensive. Sorry, Razor. <laughs> um, but anyways, we did it and um, got beers after. And yeah, we're kind of no, like not after during the training shift. We got beers and but after village. the buggying. But yeah, yeah. Um, we're like buddies, I guess, after that. Yeah. And I then think so. 
Yeah. Because you spoke to me, we spoke about like girlfriends and boyfriends. For sure. And did that talk and opened up and then the rest is history, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then like next year working together is when we kind of became friends through like past guests a few times, Caitlin and Wolf. And Mikey somehow got involved. Dude, no idea That's how we it, honestly. started to become friends with Mikey. But yeah, I, I was trying to think of that. And I actually can't, can't I have no I idea where remember. you came in. There here. is no just, like there, snuck your way. There's no clear origin point. <laughs> there's absolutely none. Uh, yeah, I can't even. I can't even pinpoint like Mikey and I went to Whistler working together one time. Did but we? But like, yeah, I don't remember that. Did we hang out? Yeah, we did a little bit. We went to uh, Green Mustache. What? And uh, and uh, what's the five dollar place in Whistler Furniture Warehouse? Warehouse, yeah, yeah that's um, funny. No one says Furniture Warehouse, by the way. Well, that's its name. Oh, Fernies. But anyways, it, yeah, it must have just been like a couple yeah. of drunken nights. Like, yeah, you know. I think it was probably one that drunken night. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? And so you started coming to Vancouver, working yeah. in the summers, that, tour guiding, and then you became our boss randomly. Yeah, and then I was your boss, and like, you know, I think I did a pretty good job <laughs> at governing you boys. The best thing about you being our boss is <laughs> that it was basically a boss we could just work with to do whatever we wanted where it's like, Hey, do you mind like not starting us shitty the next morning? I would always have your backs for sure. Yes. I mean, I couldn't always do stuff mm. like what you wanted, but for it's, sure. Like, and I just loved being your boss. Like I loved hearing you guys on the radio. I loved thinking about you guys on the road all day. <laughs> oh like I just God. love you guys so much. Like I can't even express that. So enough. for any, any potential employers out there, Gina is a caring and loving boss. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Exceptional. You're selling yourself right now. Great. Yeah, so um, this is my plug in the podcast, by the way. Just this My is name is Gina. Yourself, this is Gina's resume. Yourself yeah. as this an employable It boss. totally is my resume, guys. Like, you started at the bottom, Bing Bong. Mm. Now we're moving up. Yeah. Hey, Bing yeah. Bong is next, not the bottom, next man. Next job interview, they're like, can we please have your cover letter? And you'll just Listen be like, to refer, refer to episode. <laughs> Refer to episode. I think this is 40 of living if a broadcast. Are you enough, shitting me? I'm pretty sure it's 40. Damn. I kind of banged out 40 of these. Yeah. Yeah. Even more. I think actually 40 there's a, yeah. Episode there's a zero and number. there's a Christmas special and there's yeah. a few other things. Oh, Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. There's a Christmas special. Yeah. Um, but wild, wild, wild time. Yeah. So I you, mean, we could reminisce on a year of this show, but oh, yeah. we haven't been consistent week to week. So there's really no point. We've yeah. been doing it. We will foreseeably, I guess, but with with no consistency. Yeah, not as much as we used to have, anyway. So and you know what that is, guys. You know what that is. That is Bing, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Bing Bong podcast. Which, so you were coming back and forth, Montreal, Vancouver, and then uh, yeah, you became. I became a boss. The boss, and and then, then that was you, you were like gonna stay in Vancouver full time. You know, you came back. <laughs> And you were, you were living, I would say the antithesis of the bing bong lifestyle, Absolutely. which, because you came back to Vancouver and like I said, we were buddies that kind mm -hmm. of that one year. Um, and then I found out before I heard it from you that you were coming back as our supervisor. I'm like, oh damn, Gina's coming back. And then, um, 
I started talking to you at work. You're like, yeah, I've got like this apartment and I've got this like new bike that I bought. And yeah. I'm like, this, oh like, shit. This like a thousand dollar bike. I, she, I'm she's like. She's moving on from the bing bong lifestyle. She's got. She's settling Before down. I was fully aware of what the bing bong lifestyle really is. But like, yeah, you were killing it. Yeah. In, in, well, not to say that living the bing bong lifestyle is not killing it. But in regards to. I was adulting. Sure. I, I hate that term. But yes. Um, you were, yeah, had like a very kind of, uh, domesticated put together, like you had this apartment, you had this, yeah. but, and then I cracked and then you started living by the bing bong philosophy. And then I, one day my friend came to town mm-hmm. and he lived in his van and he said, Gina, I'm selling my van. And I was like, okay, sweet. Like not looking to buy a van. We hung out. I sat in the van one day. It was August 31st. Oh shit. I was inside the van and I had this overwhelming feeling. I'm very instinctual and I had this overwhelming feeling that this is what I need to be doing. So that night I gave my notice to my apartment (laughs) and I had one month to move into this van and get it Livable. Damn, that month was was the most stressful of my entire intense. life. I yes. remember this. I mean, I wasn't even the one moving into the van. No, we were all it stressed. Was, for it you. was funny because you told me you were about that you bought a van, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and that you were going to live in. I'm like, nah, she she's not going to do that. And then oh, like, but I had to because next I, time yeah. I came back to work. The van is in the yard and and you and the mechanic yeah. are trying to outfit the back of it with like plywood and stuff like that. And Gina looks at me and you're just like, there's so much work to do. <laughs> and then I'm like, start stressing because yeah, you stressful. homeless in a month's time. And I didn't tell my family for three months either. So you I didn't tell her I was lawyers. That, that was, was another thing. Forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry. You okay there, Mikey? Yeah, for, sorry, for, I'm sitting next to a cat and it keeps touching me and it. Oh, it's chill, me. dude. For a vegan, you seem not really uh, receptive to animals. No, I like animals. Cats are just sneaky, you know. A lot of people <laughs> think that. You just can't trust them. So you transitioned to the van lifestyle. Yeah. And that was great. It was the best time of my life. Yeah. And I transitioned right before winter, Vancouver winter. And then and you yeah. definitely spent every night in the van. I spent every night in the van. Why are you smiling? We're not. We're talking. Oh. Just talking. Yeah, I spent every night in the van. What was that experience like during winter? It's it was great. Crazy. It cured my insomnia. The sound of the rain. No, just being in a closed space. Oh, really? Yeah, and covered. I think it has to do with like, you know how some people buy anxiety blankets. So I had to sleep with like. It's an anxiety duvets. blanket. Oh, like the you don't weight, know? weighted one. Really weighted heavy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes you feel like you're being held. Hmm. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, so yeah. Anyways, it was great, and then I realized that I couldn't live in a van, and also work in an office at the same time. Happily, they don't. They're not really conducive. It's not conducive. It was weird. You know, when I realized that I had to stop, was when I was sleeping outside work, right outside the office. And Renee returned from like a late Whistler connection and forgot his keys into the office and had to wake me up and knock on my van door for me to open the door for him. And you weren't working. And I wasn't working. I was just sleeping (laughs) outside. Oh my God. And that was embarrassing. Like this, like, I don't know how it is. 50 plus man. Like, you know, he, he looked embarrassed. The look in his eyes 
really made me embarrassed. So you would just park the van outside work? I thought you would drive somewhere else. I would only park outside work if I did like a clopen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Wow. It's so, something I could never do, man. I could never <laughs> live in a van. You could. My girlfriend Heidi just lived in a van for a week just going to Jasper and just the thought of it just like gives me anxiety. Yeah. Did she just rent one? No, nah, her, her friend bought one. Okay. So it was, it was the two of them. I think they did a couple of nights in the tent when they had when they found somewhere. But yeah, mainly in the mm-hmm. van and Oh, no. Nah, nah. I saw I saw a meme uh, somewhat recently that I thought was really funny. You guys know the old SNL Chris Farley sketch where he says, I live in a van down by the river. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like in the 90s, that was like a joke of something you don't want to achieve. But it was a vanner meme of being like, you know, I used to think that was a bad thing. But now that's the dream. Yeah. To <laughs> live in a van down by the river. I mean, you, weren't you in a, you were in a van club? Weren't you? Vancouver van dwellers. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a and whole subculture of it. I yeah. went down to, you know, that area down near where we used to work, near yeah. um, Home Depot, mm-hmm. around that street. It's rough there. It's just, I would never sleep there. That seems the dodgier van club. Mm-hmm. Are there so two that's different like the van bad clubs? neighborhood of vanners? Yeah, it is. On It's 100% the bad neighborhood of vanners. Yeah. Like, oh. It is a, it is a would, bit rough by the looks Well, I, I was lucky. I had a work van, so I could pretty much park it anywhere. Yeah, that's see. Yeah, having a work van is good. You're not going to get disturbed. But the ones down at Home Depot, they're it's like full on RVs. actual RVs, yeah. and it's so obvious oh, okay. that people are living there. And ever since Breaking Bad, you just assume everybody's cooking drugs in there as well. Do you think van lifestyle is going to increase with the economy doing what it's doing right now? And probably, man. People, and especially after hearing this, people are like we want to get on that Bing Bong lifestyle. But like, well, but no, I it's think- hard to say because during the pandemic, like bathrooms. And facilities were closed. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not imagine living in my van during COVID. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. it's okay. But, like, at that time. Oh, totally. At the height it would have been so rough. What, what, what do these people do, man? Like, they can't well, use I the feel, bathroom. Yeah. They can't shower for months. It was bad. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. But, I mean, some people might not have a choice if, you know. If you lose your job and you can't yeah, get course, benefits, you don't have any family. You know, it might increase. I I didn't even consider that. But there might be some people who don't even, you know, aren't even lucky enough to have that. I mean, I've yeah. always said in the six years I've lived here, I felt like the homeless population in Vancouver has been getting younger and younger. I'm seeing like younger people on the streets, I feel like. Mm. Living in your van, yeah. Not, not living in your van isn't being homeless. Never said that. Just for the record. I never said that. It's also not that much cheaper comparatively. <laughs> like I mean, it, it's it, not, it, it not in good. BC because insurance is at least 200 a month plus mm-hmm. gas. Where did you get your mail sent to? Did you have a PO box? No, no, no. My, I don't want to get into this. The government okay. might be listening. Yeah. No, well they do. Okay. We actually know that they do. Yeah. So yeah. So be careful. for the record, <laughs> we are all employed and living in houses. Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> We're all living within all of the legal fucking yes, rules you big legal. babies up top have set for us. Absolutely. Okay. We're so citizens anyways. of the world. All right. So you did the van thing. Yeah. You did the Vancouver thing. You got sick of that and you just wanted to do something completely you different. You had a destination in go mind. Go somewhere. I'm always curious about the destination you chose only because, you know, I, I've learned a lot about the culture. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, Mikey. There's... There's quite a few countries in the world, and uh, the one that uh, the one that 
yeah. was chosen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I was, well, I was just setting you up. I was just setting you up. You're, to make me sound like an arsehole? No, no. Seems intense, the amount of people, because you went to... Well, I went to Nepal first. Yeah, that seemed cool. The reasoning mm-hmm. why I chose these places wasn't my decision and mine alone. Well, it wasn't really a decision. It was kind of just like, let's do this, because I started with traveling with a partner. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get like the... I was planning on traveling for like two plus years, and I wanted to get the more intense countries over with first. I wanted a big shock, you know? I needed it and I just wanted it. I just love, love it. So. Yeah. What was Nepal like? Nepal was really chill. Of course, it was a a shock as well. It's pretty similar to India. But yeah, I can't really, can't really describe it into words right now. If you know what I mean. As we spoke about this before, when someone asks you, how was your trip? It's hard to answer. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. But where did, where did you land in Nepal? I landed in Kathmandu. Kathmandu, as everybody will would land. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that is that kind of the that's the main airport. It's the main airport. It's the biggest city, and then yeah. to get anywhere, you have to go from Kathmandu, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you did a lot of hiking when you were there. So did you? Because I know a lot of the hiking, you have to get permits and everything, mm-hmm. trekking permits and all that for. Yeah. Did you kind of use Kathmandu as your base for these trekking trips, um, or did you yeah. go so, elsewhere? No, no, no. There's a place called Pokhara that you can also get uh, a permit. So for the Annapurna um, trek, you do it in Pokhara. For the other treks, you do it in Kathmandu. But yeah, it's uh, it was pretty wild for sure, especially hiking with somebody that you have only recently started dating. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense because you did some big hikes, like, right? Yeah, like yeah. We did like day. a two-week hike and a six-day hike. Who handled it better? That's tough. Who handled it better? Wow. Um, obviously, the six foot four man who has infinite muscles who can carry his bag. The first hike, I had to carry my bag and I was absolutely miserable, like so much in pain. The second hike, I made him carry everything and I was free. I shouldn't have framed the question like that. I oh. apologize. Um, okay. how, were you an experienced no, hiker prior sexist. to landing in a country that, uh, you know, the big thing everyone does is hike I mean, as a traveler. Yeah, I've hiked. But were you prepared? <laughs> were you a, a two-week trekker, a six-day? Hell no. Okay. But it was, it's pretty easy in Nepal. Anyone can do it. Okay. I've never even, yeah, I've never You don't need a guide. Done. You don't need a guide at all. No. All um, right. And did you, did you get much of a cultural experience there, or did you kind of just do the treks and... Um, yeah, I got a cultural experience. I did like a work away and stayed at a dog shelter. Um, so that was great. That was when like the, my travel partner went to do Vipassana. And during that time, I stayed at the dog shelter. And that w- it was like a family's home. And it was awesome. And yeah, for sure. Like, I'm not really a traveler that like likes to convene with other travelers. Like, I don't like to stay in the party hostels. Because mm-hmm. I feel like... A- like and I'm not. I feel like I'm just taking the easy way out, even though it's fun sometimes. That surprises me. Does it really? Um, my I, like to, I like to party with the locals. Dad went to uh, Kathmandu once, and he, the way he to- tells it, he reckon it was back in the seventies. He reckoned he never did marijuana before this, but he ate a a marijuana cake mm-hmm. and uh, just lost his mind. 
and just had this epiphany that Katmandu was going to completely burn down and incinerate. And he spent like the next 10 hours running around the city telling everybody to no. evacuate because the oh city God. was about to burn down. Did people believe him? Um, not too sure. But that that's the only thing I've known about Katmandu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like you probably had a better experience, even though. I mean, no. Know. I was like fighting every day with my travel partner, so. Fair enough. Well, that wasn't Kathmandu. That was Nepal. I'll go back. Yeah, that was that was Nepal and India. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how long were you in Nepal then? Nepal for two months. Yeah. Two months. I lasted two months there. And then with him. on to India after that. On to India. The the land of dreams. And possibilities. It seems like a. It does seem kind of like a an exhausting place to travel. What What makes you romanticize it that much? Did you think that it was the the land of dreams, and did you say opportunities? I mean, f- for who are you talking about? Because it's obviously a very complicated place, but in terms of social issues, I'm just you're, saying you're like saying land of that- dreams as a traveler, as a traveler only. Okay, because okay. there's just so but, many different places you can go. And, that, and that's kind of why I'm asking because yeah. I don't, I think a lot of people from India leave that country Absolutely. and move all around the world to, yeah. because they don't feel the same way. So I'm, I'm just wondering why. Yeah, as a traveler, it's like, it's just absolutely amazing. It's, it's like everything you would want. Like if you want to have a crazy backpacking trip and experience as much as you possibly can, as much culture as you can, meet as many people as you can, then India is definitely the place. And there's so many different climates as well. Like, it's amazing. I mean, know? India is a massive country, though. It's yeah. a fourth or fifth largest country land-wise in the world, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Nah. No? Nah, small. Not landmass. Like, yeah, it's pretty, it's not huge land. I know it's second most population-wise. Eight or nine? Eight or Top nine, ten? Okay. It's a large country. Where did you go? Um, so I went, I started in Chennai and kind of just like went down the coast and went up. To keep it short. That's in the Goa region, if I'm not I did mistaken. go to Goa, man. I didn't love Goa. Yeah. You just wanted to get going. <laughs> so there's just too much party, like because Goa's the place it's a party. I see it. It's a party. Oh Every, my god, Goa everybody is rolls insane. your everybody rolls their eyes when you bring up I went to India. Where'd you go? I went to Goa. It's like going to Thailand and going to Phuket. For sure. For sure. Okay. It's just a big party place, man. Like um, a lot of Russians just, yeah, I went to a reggae fest there and I went to a three day reggae festival and like, <laughs> I don't know if anybody should go to a three day reggae festival. I don't know if anybody can handle three days of reggae. I don't think I can yeah, have them handle the marijuana of three days of reggae. Yeah. Well, I love reggae. But is marijuana tolerated? There's a lot India? of hash. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. I definitely only smoked hash. Yeah. Right. I that smoked some. Weird, 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 weird weed that I think <laughs> <laughs> like the only weed I smoked in India was like real, we- real, real, real weird. That's okay. That's honestly, I can't even, I'm like getting like PTSD flashbacks. So I can't even speak thinking about it. Hmm. So yeah, mostly hash, Damn. delicious hash. All right. And you traveled, sorry, east or west coast of India? Uh, it yeah. was getting into my brain compass in my mind it was the southeast coast and then the northeast the east coast yeah 
Very dope. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think everybody should go to India once in their lives. And I think, I feel like there's so many, like the population is so big. And if you believe in like reincarnation, I think everybody was once Indian in their lives, past lives. Wow. Maybe that's where my love of cricket comes from. Honestly, maybe. It's just a great place. I don't know. I really wanted to go back, but like. My biggest concern is I am very used to a Western toilet. And I know Eric is a fan of spraying a hose up there. Are you Eric? I love it too, man. He loves a B-Day. Big fan He's of the bidet. You know, you can buy a hose. Shout out to episode for four. For your bathroom, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I've been looking at that. Have you? Since yeah. I told you? No, no. You didn't tell me. I told you. No, you didn't. And you were super down for it. No, you didn't. Nobody, li- no. nobody likes no, bidets to, uh, are to acknowledge my efforts. Bidets but the toilet, the, the, the toilet situation is a worry because I heard they don't toilet paper is, a, is an issue. I think. Yeah, it's not that bad. I, I don't think that... Do you want to get into it? I don't think that should restrict you from traveling anywhere. No. But yeah, let's get into it. I, I think Do you so. want to get into how you do it? Yeah, because you do it with one hand. You wipe with one I mean, hand, maybe but then I you shake hands right. and eat you with the other hand. You don't shake hands. You wash your hands, okay? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I don't mean you shake hands straight afterwards. I mean, you wipe with one hand and then you do everything else, like eat and shake hands with the other hand. Yeah. To keep them separate. For sure. But it's not that bad. I think I probably went like two months without toilet paper. Didn't miss it. I'd just not shit. I'd hold for it two in. months. I'd hold it in for two months. And it's okay. actually like more healthy to like squat. I've heard that. Yeah. Oh like yeah. Bowel movements. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I don't know if you have any uh, in-depth questions about that. I don't think so. I think we oh, get. I you, think we get the idea. Right? It's very uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> no, you can no, describe as much idea. as you want. I get the I just idea. Think there's so many more beautiful things about India we could be talking about than their toilet situation, and I don't think that should yeah. restrict anyone. Um, I didn't realize you traveled around. so much to the coast of India outside of Goa because mm-hmm. it's just the place I hear about everyone going. Yeah, and I think I, I, didn't I knew that you were going there. Yeah, I went. I really only went to Goa to follow this. Um, gorgeous Italian man that I met. I know we weren't going to make this podcast about sexcapades. I'm not going to go into it. That's fine. That's the only reason I went, but, uh, yeah. So after you'd split from your travel partner. Yeah. After I split from my travel partner, I met this really, um, cool guy and like this really cool group of people. And I followed them to the reggae festival and then I kind of just had enough. And I went like, I went down South again and just kind of had like a week decompression by the sea and then I made an impulsive decision to go to the north. And I took like a 40-hour train ride on Very my cool. own. Um, and I went to Rajasthan, which is like the desert area, mm-hmm. which is probably like, it's pretty chaotic. But yeah, it was it was really, really cool. Um, I can't really describe it, but it was um, it was wild for sure. So... I mean, I know the bing bong philosophy dictates that these decisions are made, you know, completely impulsively or spontaneously or however, but there must have been some underlying reason that you're like in the Southeast. And if it's too personal, you don't have to go into Mm -hmm. it too much, but you're like, you know, you're in Southeast India and you're like, all of a sudden I need to get on a 40 hour train and go up to the desert. Like what's, what's driving that? (sighs) That's a good question. Because that's like a lot of decisions 
that I make in my life. It is. Like even and, and I mean, a 40 hour train ride, it's not a decision that's made completely spontaneously. Yeah. I was just, I just want something new. Okay. Sometimes you just want something new and you just make the decision and you go for it. That's it. That's honestly the simple explanation for that. What would you describe? So how long were you in India for? I was in India for four months, four and a half months. What was an average day like in India for you? Um, as a, as a Canadian woman traveling in Eastern India. Depends on the place, but I'd usually roll out of bed, wake up, get some chai, eat some food, go for a walk, maybe meet up with some friends I met, maybe go take a nap, maybe read. I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot of poetry in India. That was like, I think the one good thing that came out of it was that. And then Mm -hmm. I would go see some music at night and go meet some friends and just like, honestly, nothing crazy. Maybe get on the back of a stranger's motorcycle every other day. That's a bit crazy. That's not too, that's not, not crazy. I don't, I only do that once a week here. So yeah. for that to be every, every second day. Yeah. Honestly, probably every insane. day. Sabine's doing that quite often, but she? not me. What's um, Sabine? The, were you in the, um, most of India's vegetarian, hey? It's like, it's different regions. I became Were vegetarian in, in India. Did you really? Yeah, I haven't Very eaten dope. meat since. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, shit. 100%. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Cool, meat-free podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Do you not eat meat anymore? No, nah, no, nah, I haven't. Really? And like, Cheers, all guys. Year. Hey, That's great. Anna, this, just, this is just for you guys, but there's a really good vegan Indian place on Commercial Drive, kind of near your current job, Gina. It's is it Lunch Lady? Nah, it's called Pizza Castle. Pizza Castle, but yeah, But it is yeah. Indian, but they yeah. do pizza as well. So yeah. shout cool. out Pizza Castle. Anyway. Awesome. Um, India, was there ever a feeling, because I've had friends, Indian families, and from Indian families, my Indian friends, if you will, um, expressed to me that they said, like, a lot of travelers aren't really wanted in India because of like the population density and because, Mm. or I shouldn't say they're not wanted, but they don't understand why people would travel there. Did you ever get that feeling? Like you were kind of being questioned while you were there? Never, 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 never. And like the first week that I was on my own after splitting with my partner, I was so nervous and I thought everybody was so scary. And I had that feeling then, but then after that realization, I just started smiling at every single person I made eye contact with. And everybody, that's the thing about India, like everybody just full tooth smiles at you with their heart and their eyes and their soul. And after that, I never felt like that again. After I just, like, the thing about traveling India, this is like the last thing I kind of want to talk about India, mm-hmm. um, is you just have to surrender fully everything in yourself. You just have to surrender and let shit happen and go with it. Go can, I, can, I, can I ask you one yeah. more question? Yeah. Um, do you think some of that was white privilege? Oh, absolutely. And that's another thing that I could talk about forever. Like for my love of traveling, how conflicted I am because tourism is not sustainable and how 
fucked up it feels sometimes to just be this white girl traveling in this place where there's so much poverty and it's so easy for me and so many people are suffering you know what i mean like it's it's trippy it's, because, it's because you're there sure. with makes, the financial means to have a i'm there with the financial going. means to do whatever i want and i'm getting treated differently i'm getting treated differently from the met all the men it's all men in public places like i made not one woman indian woman friend the whole time i was there I only made friends with Indian men and other travelers. So yeah, it's it's total white privilege, 100%. And that's like, that's something that I really had to wrap my head around and something that I tried to like distance myself from by like not hanging out with other travelers as much. But that doesn't really fix the problem or change it in any way. It almost magnifies it. Mm. It, can, it can be awkward. Very well said. Not, not always white privilege, but first world privilege, I guess, is a bigger thing. For sure. Like, there's places, wow. you know, when you go to Eastern Europe and things like that and you go there and you mm. can, like, spend money and buy things and Definitely. and live a life that you know that the yeah. locals can't. And it can be yeah. awkward. You know, it's, like, it's not your fault, like, but it, it can be, like, it can be really awkward. But I, It is yeah, awkward. But it's I think, very awkward. I think, yeah, like, it's just white, white privilege. Like, you're treated differently in most places based yeah. on the color of your skin regardless. And honestly, and, I think... Yeah. And like, I think, like, sure. the financial thing you mentioned, going to Eastern Europe, going mm-hmm. to white places, sure. But, like, I think it speaks much more yeah. volumes going to... Oh, I've, I felt that in, um, like, when I went to Thailand. For like, sure. Like, 100%. Even in a very tourism... Having blonde hair, being mm-hmm. in Thailand was, you know... Like I got treated differently to my to my friends who are also Australian in the yeah. same position, but so and I all think that like the direction that the world is going in right now, it's obviously awful, but it's not a bad thing. Like, obviously, I want to travel again, and that's all I want to do for my life, mm-hmm. you know. But I think like tourism is not sustainable, and it wouldn't be such a bad thing if every. I know this sounds super insane. But it wouldn't be such a bad thing if everyone was kept to their own countries. Yeah. Hey, you know what? So I was speaking to my parents the other night and Australians aren't allowed to leave Australia. Mm. We cannot leave Australia because of COVID. And Western Australia, you can't even leave Western Australia, super tight borders. And so tourism in Western Australia has just gone bananas. And the economy in Western Australia is actually just going crazy and people are um, like... Doing local tourism. Doing yeah, local tourism and and finding places and experiencing places they never knew existed, but they mm-hmm. were like four hours away and everybody's like, well, we have to live in a pretty cool place. Which is, like, that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it's tricky though because in places like Sri Lanka, like you have like migrant workers that migrate based on where the tourism is and they're the only ones in their families that work. So at a certain time of the year, they'll be in this town and at another time of the year, they'll be in this town. And now all of these workers and all the friends I met, like I've had a lot of people that I met ask me for money because with COVID, they're so... People from the countries you were in? From Sri Lanka. Okay. Yeah. Because they're just so screwed, you know, like they had, there's no tourism and that was their job for so long. Definitely. So it's like, I think it's not, this is why it's not sustainable. And this is why the, yeah. like, and these types of, of well, workers should, I don't, I like, find something else that sounds so awful. But I don't it, know. I just it, think the direction that the world is going in 
is I agree is with not you terrible. that tourism is tourism it, is it's fucked a, up. It's an economy of circumstance, right? And that you know, we found ourselves working in one of the busiest tourism cities in all of Canada. Mm-hmm. Maybe outside of Toronto, I think we're probably possibly Montreal. Yeah. Um, but like you know, we we're kind of all advantageous of the situation here. None of us are from Vancouver. Yeah. We moved here. I mean, maybe not for that reason, but we do tourism jobs that paid us based on, you know, what was popping at mm-hmm. whatever time of the year. And I totally see what you're saying because you said you ended up in Sri Lanka after India. Yeah. To clarify the timeline for those following along at this point. But I agree that like tourism is a very, very vulnerable industry. And we've seen that Absolutely. with everything going on right now that it can fall out so quickly. And like, it is kind of shitty that we rely on these jobs being like, Oh, I hope the white people come here this year. Know, and like, and it's, it's also just wasteful. And there's also a lot of tourists that aren't responsible and that take advantage. I don't know. I just, I, I, from traveling, I just, I I love traveling, but I hate tourism, which sounds insane. But uh, it's, it's, the truth. it's funny. I think everybody does this when they go traveling and they see other tourists. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're yeah, like, like other oh, tourists. So much better than yeah, them. Yeah, everybody kind of feels that. And the other point, I guess, Eric, you said like you said, you know, a few Indian families that don't put a lot of emphasis on tourism. It might also in India, mm-hmm. it might have something to like. Maybe it's because like they're talking like economics wise india has such a huge economy and other things maybe like tourism is just so far down yeah whereas we're used to like living in vancouver where tourism is what the third biggest industry i I don't know for sure but hey like listen to this uh, like crazy story so there's this holy town called hampi in india um that was only tourism okay it's like full of these insane rock formations, all of these very, very, very ancient temples. And the government was trying to shut it down for a very long time because they wanted it to remain a holy place. They wanted it to be, it's a UNESCO heritage site. They wanted it to be a place that people can only go for day trips. Mm -hmm. And so while I was there, there were police every night at all the restaurants. Like we had to conceal all our beers because nobody had licenses. It was New Year's Eve when I got there and like there were no parties allowed. One month after I left, they're like bulldozing, it's called Hippie Island. They're bulldozing the whole place. Everybody that has worked and lived there for so long, out of a job. All the restaurant owners, all the hotel owners, all the people that have like food carts are, are out of a job. Like it's it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Just like. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. It's Tourism, a, volat- a, a double edged sword. It's a No matter however sword, you look at it. But and, like, yeah. you know what? I don't know. Now that I'm. I like am so obsessed with traveling now that I'm back in Vancouver. I'm like, I could stay here for a long time. I just love it. It's, it's because really Vancouver is a travel place. destination, man. I, like, it is. It, it feels that way for sure. Is tourism a resource? I mean, no. ag- again, kind of philosophically, but like the same way that we have finite resources of anything natural in the world. Do you think that humans, I mean, I, I'm speaking from a very capitalist standpoint, I suppose, but like, do you think tourism, do you think humans desire to travel is a resource? Yeah. Cause and it will always, it'll always be there. It's not a natural resource, but, but it'll it's not always a natural be desire there. Either. You don't think so? It Absolutely not. Is. No, it's not. 
hundred percent. It's think a it desire is. bred from privilege yeah. and. That, that is true. Mainly first world countries travel. Absolutely. And it's totally bred from pl- privilege and like being exposed to it in the first place. That's what they call the travel bug. If you're mm-hmm. not exposed to any travel, like, yes, you might have, you might want to leave, but like, yeah, it's, I think it's totally, I don't think it's a natural desire at all. Like, yes, there, we were all originally nomads, but that's a different story. I think I think people desire it, but yeah, only only some people can actually achieve it. But there, I think there's people that can't achieve it who are probably have a desire to be like, oh, I wonder what's yeah, you know, I wonder what's you know in another country. I wonder what opportunities there are there. I wonder what it's like there. I think that is still desire. It's just like. Unfortunately mm. for them, an unattack. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. These cats. F- I, I'm ar- I'm it's arguing against my design. own question right now. I've just came to the conclusion that tourism is not a resource because you can't, you can you can gain tourism by traveling somewhere and taking in a site or whatever, but you can't then take that resource and use it for something useful. You can only use it as your your knowledge and your life experience. You fucking populate your Instagram page with it. Exactly. That's pretty much it. Or, well, you can use it for empathy. Uh, And I think, like, at the end of the day, if there's anything that I've taken from my travels and if there's anything that I want to continue using is empathy and, like... I think that's the most important thing in the world. And that's my conclusion about our talk of tourism is empathy. That's, that's an incredibly beautiful sentiment, Gina. Thanks. And I think that's actually a great point to wrap up on. I mean, we could wax poetic about, you said you ended up in Sri Lanka mm-hmm. uh, for a bit towards yeah. the end of your travel, which was cut short. I'm sorry, I'm speaking for you right now. It's okay. But Eric. it was all cut short due to the yeah. COVID pandemic and everything. Yeah. But I think but it's such it's like a- good. It's such a poignant topic to uh, to kind of end and wrap things up mm-hmm. on that. That empathy is the most important thing in the world. I empathy think that for the cat, Mikey. Fuck the cat. And empathy for each other. Nah, empathy for each actually, other. you know what? Well, we've Sabine will. We've we've been getting along better. The cat and me. Yeah, just so good. Know. It's a work in progress. So we'll learn to love each other. Um, now I'm questioning again. My counterpoint is tourism a resource because I'm like are first world dollars the resource to the third world countries that they may be spending being being spent in oh that can you repeat that so well i, I thought you meant when you first brought this <laughs> up were you talking about the individual who travels is it a resource for them well or do you mean like economic wise so obviously ec- economically so it's from a the resource. standpoint of someone who lives yeah, true from the standpoint of someone who lives in a third world country with a desirable aspect to it, rock formations, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. is that a resource for them that they have because it attracts travelers from first world countries to yeah, visit. Yeah, of course. That's what I thought we were talking That's about. That's a resource. Isn't that what we well, talking about? Maybe I'm just... Know, I was maybe talking I'm just, about, is it a resource for the person traveling? Oh, but that's, I was or, talking about the community that <laughs> is getting traveled to. Yeah, it is. Well, but I think I might just be fucking <laughs> oh, speaking okay. as an industry. Maybe that's just an industry because a resource... We're I mean, biased. A resource definition by definition is something that's like used up, a natural resource or something. And I'm just fucking being metaphorical of a resource versus Mm. an industry. But I think that, you know, the reason that it's a resource is because it attracts foreign dollars to it. First world dollars to it. Anyways. um, 
Gina, you're back in Vancouver here. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the COVID pandemic has cut your uh, cut your travels or short. Fortunately, um, I mean it's an unfortunate situation for the world. Absolutely. But what? Just quickly, what was the the transit from? Because you kind of rushed back. The transit right? from what? From where you were. Oh, from Sri Lanka Sh- to Sh- here. Sri Lanka to here because of the COVID thing. Because it's kind of a rush thing. Um, yeah, I was living in a house with like this girl that I was traveling with and I was going to stay, but my parents were calling me crying all the time and I really didn't want to come home. But yeah, so I had to buy a ticket like two days out and I was really stressful and it was, that's really all I can say. It was such a stressful time in my mind during that transit period. I had COVID in my mind. I had it. Oh, Okay. I was convinced, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was just, there were so many people everywhere. And, like, I had to go through four airports. It took me four days to get home. And yeah. yeah. You came back to Montreal with your parents. Came back, then... went with my parents, lived with them for a couple months. One Sunday, I said to my mom, I'm going to Vancouver on Wednesday. And, Oof. and now you're here. And now I'm here. So you've done a huge, big... Round trip. Round trip, and now we're back, baby. Experienced a lot. Went through a pandemic. Yeah. You're back here. Back living in a house. I'm living in a house. Back Crazy. living in a job. You kind of ebb and oh flow man, with your I bing bong. Went back to like... You kind of ebb and flow hey, with the... But, but you that's know what? what bing bong is. That's, that's that is what, what bing bong is. That is truly what it is. Isn't it? I just realized... That's the... Definition, oh, we won't high-five. Don't. <laughs> Ebb and flow Gina and Mikey life. just high-fived through a plate of plexiglass for those listening. Yes. <laughs> so anyways. Mikey, you nailed it. Perfect. Mikey nailed it. You were quiet this whole podcast oh my God. and then you what speak a, up what a and you nail it. What a fucking beautiful full circle we've came to at yeah. the end here. The Ming Bong lifestyle. Get ladies on board. And, ladies and gentlemen, and get and on board. And if you want to wax poetic about the Bing Bong lifestyle to us, you can do so on all of our social media channels. Um, find <laughs> us at livingabroadcast at gmail.com, everybody, and livingabroadcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Gina, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for Gina. having me, boys. And have Damn. a fantastic week, listeners. Good night.